Truth in His Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and we're exploring the depths of the artistic mind. If you have a love for the arts, culture, and carving your own path in the creative world, you've tuned into the right show. Today, we are journeying into the landscape of modern America through the lens of an award-winning photographer who captures the human experience in its rawest form. So get ready for an intense, intellectual, and profoundly authentic conversation with the visionary behind the upcoming book, Black Astronaut. Please welcome Kamala X. Welcome to the podcast. Man, thank you, man. That's that's that even sounds good, man. Like, you know, like the process of creating something from nothing and then actually, you know, being able to share this this experience and then meeting you and being on this awesome podcast, all beautiful stuff, man. Thank you for having me. Really excited. I really again, I really enjoy the way you converse and the way you, you dig into topics and your vibe, man. It's really, really good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, it's uh it, it's it's practice, I guess, even though we're not supposed to do practice, Alan Iverson, I don't know. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> but it is it's one of those things being able to, you know, connect with people from, I, I don't like when people say human interest and things of that nature feels buzzwordy. I, mm. I, I just try to connect with people and have that genuine curiosity as to like, what do you do? How do you do it? You know, what's the thing yeah. that goes into it? So before we sort of get to that part of the conversation, I, I want to get to the roots or the rut, if you're from the South of it. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, again, thank you for making the time to come on. And, you know, for, for folks that are undipped, unfamiliar, could you um, introduce yourself like in your own words? Because, you know, I have visionary. You might use a different term. Uh, visionary. Visionary's lit. I, I'm with visionary. Um, actually, I have like this um, pen from um from Egypt I went to Egypt a while ago and um it actually has vision on it and it's before I even was a photographer so I keep it with me to just vision is important but yeah I'll, I'll introduce myself my name's Kamal X I'm a photographer uh I would say I'm a just a creative person in general but I'm very focused on photography right now um I have some business things going on too but that's more like to fulfill my dreams not my dream you know so my dream is photography my dream is film my dream is connecting with people and showing people the way I see the world and that's everything I'm I'm about and that's the skinny you know like I <laughs> that's the skinny but thank you thank you um like we like to keep it skinny. Sometimes we, we we get fatter, we get deeper into it, um, into the yeah, the adipose tissue. But um, you know, so in it, you know, you mentioned photography, you mentioned a creative, and you know, we all we all have our roots. Like um, mm -hmm. you know, for for me, I've mentioned it on here before. You know, one of the earliest moments I remember podcasting was in or recording audio was mm -hmm. in high school. I had the little handy recorder, just walking to people. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, late thirties. So I was walking to people talking in the third person, like the rock, if you're a wrestling person and mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, man. So the Rob says, they're like, you are a weirdo, but <laughs> I, I, I was doing that. And, you know, that I think in some ways kind of helped prepare me if I'm really thinking back to it of being able to try to connect with people, you know, in my own mm. way. So were there some sort of early inspirations or early like points in your life that you feel like kind of shaped you as a I mean, creative? I feel that great question. And and um, a little bit about the first part, you know, like, and I agree with you saying, like keeping it skinny, because sometimes you've experienced so many things that you, it's hard to give the, yeah, I'm this, this, that, 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 but I'm definitely, you'll see in this conversation. Um, uh, so what inspired me? I would say in the beginning, I think movies was a movies and going going to the movies with my dad was like a way out. That was like an escape. That was a way of a different world. You know, tough. I was I grew up in North New Jersey. I had my parents cared a lot about me, but there was reality to that experience. You know, like I knew we, I was happy. But at the same time, we wasn't going on trips to Europe. We wasn't flying or, you know, there was a lot of things where that gave me an eye into a, a new world. And I was always very a daydreamer. I was the one in the back of the class looking out the window, teachers having to have meetings with my parents like he's not interested. Like I wasn't, you know, so like I was just always a person that was somewhere else kind of in the clouds, but only because I wasn't intrigued. I had to find things that intrigued me. 
And in, um, off the bat, I think people was what intrigued me. I remember in school, I was the kid that would be friends with everyone, you know, no matter if it was uh, the kid people picked on or the coolest kids in the room. And I was also a very good athlete. So I just was able to know everybody. Like in high school, I was like close friends with like the staff. Like I was hanging out with teachers. It was just like, I was just really good at connecting with people. And to my surprise, I, I was even in the newspaper, which if you knew me back then, that doesn't even make sense. You know, so like I was working at the newspaper. I don't know what made me do it. But now looking at me as a photographer and a documentary photographer, it's kind of like the it was all it was like manifesting itself in different ways. And I think I've had a very uh, expanded vision of humanity because I've met so many different kinds of people. I've experienced a lot of crazy stuff in my life, a lot of beautiful things in my life too. And because of that, it's just shown me like, yo, there's there's never, like you never have it figured out. You yeah. never have it figured out. And the curiosity has been the only thing that's kind of kept me, that's gotten me through some of the toughest times I've ever been in, you know, always realizing there's more, this isn't it. There's there's a new opportunity. You can feel like crap one day. You can feel like the world is about to end. And literally within a second, something can come through and change your entire outlook on life. And I kind of learned that as I got old. Well, in my, my, my 20s, I would say I really started to understand that. And um, yeah, it's 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 been people have been something I've really invested in. And it's always invested back into me and made this life, you know, worth living like beautiful to me and um yeah so just being able to have a medium like photography it just like further you know I, I genuinely love it like it does like when i go to take photos i'm literally in bliss because i understand how beautiful people are I understand how you know the world oftentimes we can get in blinders yeah. and not pay attention to see what's really happening we have like these filters and what people tell us about things. And we're just going about our day, not letting new information in, not meeting new people, not trying new things. And before you know it, when's the last time something news come in for well, most people? It's, you know. Well, I, I think I think you're right in, in mm -hmm. sort of all of it. And specifically when it comes to sort of letting in new influences and being able mm -hmm. to kind of explore, you know, like I've taken a bit of a respite from, from social media because it's not good for you um, at the yeah. end of the day. And yeah. we have these justifications as to, well, I needed to market it and so on. It's just like, no, people think this is how you communicate now. And mm. one of the happy byproducts, I'm a very shy individual, right? So one of the byproducts of doing this is to fake it you know, to fake it really well. Like, oh yeah, Rob is so gregarious and outgoing. No, I am. I am looking for my corner and my bourbon to be away from everyone. <laughs> but I, I think in it, it gives me doing this podcast with so many different types of people, different type of creative folks. Mm -hmm. It allows me, and I think this is kind of one of the things you were touching on. It allows me to be able to explore in some ways, mm -hmm. proxy, whether it is someone from a different community, a different art discipline and just by the nature of talking to various people, a different story. You know, they have, yeah. you all have your own individual stories. So in it, you know, I'm going to learn something about you and kind of figuring out as we go along as to right. not be transactionary, you know, like you right. me this, I get something out of it. it it's not that it's, it's about connection and you're, you're, you touching on, you know, sort of having this connection early on with, with people, mm -hmm. that that's mm -hmm. something that's, that's really big. And, you know, I think in doing this podcast, as long as I have, and being a podcaster, as long as I have, I've been able to pick up on sort of, sort of some of those traits to be able to connect mm -hmm. with people. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really interesting uh, detail there. So I I want to, I want to hear about where you draw inspiration and how you got into photography, because I think, you know, how we get into it, you know, we all have mm. different things as I touched on and yeah. be a comic book artist. That's what I wanted to start. Oh, and wow. I'm a guy with a microphone now. So tell me about how you got into it and some of the mm. influences, some of the people or some of the scenes that, you know, gave you that juice to say, I want to do photography like that, or I'm interested in this subject matter. Mm, that's beautiful. So, I would say, again, the movies, it, it kind of happened like my evolution of figuring out who I am. The camera and media has always been a big piece of it. 
like I remember like there was a point like in at 21 where my life was like at the I was as far out in the wilderness as possible. I remember I was having I was at Morgan State at the time Same. and literally not even going. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. you Baltimore. Right. So I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, I li- I was at Morgan State. So and I was wilding out. You know, like I wasn't really there for school. I I didn't understand why I was there. I just was like, I didn't understand college at that point. I had no vision, vision of what I wanted for my life. So I was getting into all the stuff that you shouldn't be getting into in college. And I remember there was a point where my mom, like she knocked on the door like three o'clock in the morning one day. And I had roommates at the time. And she was like, you're coming with me. And I didn't even say nothing back. I was so like defeated and just, you know what? Yep. Pulled out of school, came back to New Jersey, got my life together, got into like started reading, got a trainer, like just started understanding, uh, finding like older people to talk to about this, other men, uh, idols, researching like Muhammad Ali, getting deeper into Malcolm X, Gandhi, Buddha. I was I was going deep, man, because I was like. I can't go that far ever again. I got to start climbing back the other way. So as that was happening, I really started getting into film. So, you know, you you got the blockbuster stuff that everyone knows about. But then when I found out about the Oscars and like all those movies and the independent films, I'm like, no one taught me about this and growing up in Newark. Like this wasn't the movie category list that it just didn't happen. So I got really once I found out all those classics that no one ever showed me, it was like every day was like a movie, a movie, a movie, a movie. And so as I'm growing and refinding myself and getting into real estate and getting successful in that, like getting my first condo at like 23 years old and like my mind is growing and also film is a part of it. Mm. But, and I always wonder like, why do I like movies so much? It really didn't really make sense because I was more in a business side of things in terms of being in real estate and then an unfortunate thing happened and we talked a little bit before the show but i around 2000 i just i know how old i was i was 26 27 years old my best friend unfortunately transitioned from colon cancer now this is as i'm telling you a little bit of my story this is like coming from getting pulled out of school in a dark space getting it together you know, and having some of the most amazing experiences and being thankful for that, because that was like a de- I was living a, my dream at that point. And, you know, my best friend, Drew, he was my right hand man. Like and and through all the conversations we had, I think I wouldn't have been able to either one of us wouldn't have been able to become the men that we became if you didn't have each other's backs and ask questions and think outside the box. We we're very creative people that were always like, why are we doing this? Like. What is the point of this? Like, I don't know if this is the route. We wanted to make our own path, basically. So when he transitioned and it was like, none of us were ready for that. Because even when he had cancer or was going through chemo, our mindset is like, he's going to be okay. Like, you don't think at 26, something like that can happen. I never experienced it. I didn't know. Like, I didn't even know what stage three meant at that time. You know, so having that and being in the room when all the everything happened, it kind of took my world from like, again, down to the ground, but a different type of thing than what happened in college and just losing your best friend and not understanding how to deal with grief. Um, And I dropped everything and I just booked a ticket for a tour um, to 40 days backpacking, which I never done before. No one in my family did that. I was a freedom person, but it was more like moving around in America. Going to an island or something like that, not going some farm place where you don't speak the language and you have a backpack. That was some brand new ish for me. But (laughs) when he passed away, I wanted to do something that made him happy and proud of me and something that I feel like we can share together. So I went to Cambodia, Thailand and Laos, and that trip changed my life. It was extremely uncomfortable. It wasn't just this whole, oh, my God, I'm seeing it. It was hard as heck to get through. But I knew I had a reason And I was going towards something. And that trip became five years of traveling the world. And I ended up going to over 40 countries and made a book out of it. Now, here's the photography part. Yeah. Because it's a crux. So there's there's one point I'm going from country to country. I got addicted to it. And I'm like finding myself. I'm connecting with people. I'm finding my, my forgiveness and love and peace dealing with the grief. And I went, I was in Cam, not Cambodia. I was in Ecuador. Mm. And I met a friend named Anna 
and miles. We ended up sleeping on a, I met them this day at this, we did whitewater rafting. I met them and we said, Hey, you want to um, camp with us? We're going to camp on a volcano tonight. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. Right. I'm like, yeah. I don't, and I'm assuming, you know what you're doing. Cause I don't. So like I'm going with them and then, um, and we're hanging out and the volcanoes like going off. This is my first time ever seeing something like this. And I remember she said, what do you shoot with? And I'm like, I didn't understand what that meant. She's like, what do you shoot with? I had a 4S, iPhone 4S. And she had a real DSLR with the tripod, the heavy tripod, the real, yeah, like yeah. they are, both of them are photographers, professional. So she showed me her picture versus what my picture looked like. And I said, yo, I can never do this again. So I immediately bought a Nikon D3300, like in the next country. I think we we're in Brazil. And, um, I started shooting and it just naturally, again, it happened naturally. It was never like, Hey, I want to be a photographer. It was just always around me as I was growing. And as I was growing, I'm like, yo, I'm experiencing so many things that I, I'm so thankful for. What can I do to give, I want to show people this, but no one's going to get on a flight with me and do what I'm doing. I, and I understand that, especially at that age, this is like 20, 27, 28, you know, and I'm 37 now. And um, yeah, it just became a love. And once people started connecting with my work, I'm like, I might be on to something like I might this artistry thing might be in all the movies, connecting with people, traveling the world and doing the same thing, meeting so many conversations and all that. That's why I picked up on your gift, because I'm like, I know when I hear someone that, <laughs> that has it, you know. So, yeah, that's kind of this. the That's not skinny, but that that's kind of the vibe of like how photography kind of my influences my reasons for what I'm doing, why I love it, and the power of it too. I think media is a very healing space depending on how you choose to use it, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. Thank you. Wow. Um, that is that is amazing. And how long were you at Morgan? Because we may have been at the same time, bro. Yeah. Uh, two two years. Two years at Morgan. We, we I was there. At the same time. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I believe it. I, was I believe it. <laughs> okay okay cool cool i was well i was in business administration but i wasn't coming to hey major <laughs> i wasn't coming in there like that i wasn't was going there time. oh oh man that's so dope though man that's amazing i'm happy that we're connected now then that's beautiful yeah. i have a, a love for that experience was tough but i have a different love for baltimore and maryland in general like because i have a lot of love for the people that i met they're great friends yeah. and a great place to visit for sure a lot of heart in that city for sure yeah we you know we we do it and uh you know, so I want to I want to step back a little bit because I, I got this is sort of a two part question. Mm -hmm. um, so, do you remember? And, and and I know you mentioned what it was the iPhone, right? Do you mm -hmm. remember sort of that photo, that first photo photo that oh. you took with the uh, like legit, like okay, I'm actually using oh, something like, just happened. I'm actually a photographer, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and the reason I, I asked that, like there's sort of a thing when you have the investment component and I, mm. I, I waver on it, right. Where, mm. you know, you see people, I'm going to say, I'm sound real old when I say, you see these new jacks. Yeah. Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. I'm with it. I know what you you're talking people, about. You see people when they, they grab something, they may have the resources, but their heart's not in it. There's, there's no feeling behind it. Mm. And mm. You see someone who has a lot of feeling, but they may not have that good gear, but you're like, no, nah, you just need the, the thing. And I think there's yeah. a variation between, that mm. versus the other side. So for you, when you're like working with like the legit gear and you're like, okay, I've made this investment. I'm identifying more with being a photographer. Do you remember mm. that first photograph? And I have a, I have a second part to it, but I want to le let, let you start there. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, in the beginning. So luckily I started while I was traveling and I, I was already on a tight budget. So getting that Nikon D33 with a kit lens, that was already like, Ah, but they were like, you got to get a real DSLR. So I didn't want to get nothing cheap that didn't have all the functions on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I feel like I was lucky because I started with minimal and build it my way up naturally. Like it was like I only started buying new gear and things of that nature once I realized I needed it versus just, oh, this is the playbook. Get this camera, this lens, this, get this bag, the backpack and all that and tripods. But I didn't actually take a photo yet. So I was kind of like, oh, I need wait, I need, I, I want to get a different angle. I want more light. I want then researching. So I learned in a very organic way. Um, so 
I am really lucky for that. And the the moment that really did it, honestly, the first photo that really was like, like, because I've done some decent stuff. Like I was all right, but I I, I knew I didn't make something that was like some stranger was going to go, whoa, who the, who did that? You know, so like <laughs> there was a moment when I was in Paris, actually, because I fell in love with Paris. Paris is amazing. I didn't like it the first time I went when I was young. I went as an adult. I love Paris. And um, I was there. And I didn't even notice, but they were having like this, um, what was it? They had this yellow jacket, like revolution and basically had something to do with like getting paid or something like that. It was a revolution. They all had parking lot yellow jackets. And I was, I got to the hotel and they're like, yeah. And they had like a report on the news of people burning stuff. And I'm like, oh, snap. I didn't know this was going down. So what am I going to do? So I remember I asked the lady at the hostel. I was like, yo, where do you, where are they going to have that? Cause I actually want, I was curious to take pictures of it. I'm assuming it's going to be safe. I go and that night I felt alive for the first time because it was dangerous now. Yeah. It got real because at first it was calm and then the police came with the riot gear. People were throwing flare guns and people were cursing me out because they didn't know who I was and I had a camera. So I'm press, you know, right. so I had to be very, you know, I was a different level of photography. This isn't going to see a picture of the, the Eiffel Tower and taking a picture. This is like, you have to use your brain smarts where you like you got it's so much street smarts. You got it. So I remember feeling so alive and I remember they threw like a uh, tear gas and I started coughing. I remember tear gas from Baltimore going to uh, trust and all that. So I know about all that. So when I smelled it and I, I'm like, OK, I got to get out of here. And I remember coughing on my way back to the hotel and I just got really good photos. But that was like the feeling of yeah. that. Let me know. OK. You like this something about that energy was like what is attractive to you. And this is before we did the, the book and all. So but the next day. There was a pride march of all like I didn't and I'm not, you know, I all respect to everybody in their lifestyle, but I'm not a part of that community, but I support people to do whatever they want to do. So I'm just like, oh, there's a pride march. OK, after that first thing, I'm like, I think I need to go where the energy's at. So I go and I think there's a moment where there's this girl and she almost looks like Fifth Element. Like she had like uh, gold hair, blonde, goldish hair. She had an orange top, two top thing on. And the firefighters were out there like spraying water because it was really hot that day. And she literally is there trying to get like some, I guess, like cooling because it was so hot. And I'm just in the right place, right moment. And it looks like it's probably the best photo a lot of people that know my catalog say that's the one they love the most. And it's it's a girl in Paris. And it's just and when I took that photo, I remember looking at it like it was like the world stopped. I was like, wait, did I do that? Like, how did I like I'm looking at the settings? I'm like, how what what did that? You know, so like um, and I remember once I shoot it, showed it to people, the reaction, the same thing I felt like there was like a bright like it's like a pop feeling in your head when you see something that really translates like, wow, this is what I've been seeing in my head, I'm finally starting to create. Like, it doesn't feel like there's any more I can do. Yeah. This is exactly what my head has kind of been trying to do and get my mind to learn how to do with my settings and everything. So that was the first photo that really shifted the vibe. And that that's a, yeah, that's a classic one. And, Hope people can see that. It's somewhere. On, if you go to my website, um, I am Kamal X is on there. You'll check that out. Yeah. It's great. And, and the funny thing about it, you answered the second part of the question in that. So <laughs> out to you. You're making my job easier, man. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to switch gears a little bit and, and kind of uh-huh. go into Black Astronaut. I want to talk about the bit of the... Oh, gym. yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're talking about it, right? So t- tell us about, you know, sort of give us the skinny as it were and uh what what are what are the themes and sort of you know some of the the background around it and um and what compelled you to to say yeah. i need to focus my attention in in this cuz um mm. you know yeah, I, I went through, I got the uh, advanced copy, you know, C-list celebrity over here. Shout out to oh, you. Oh, my man. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you for that, man. I really appreciate that, man. That's amazing. Thank you. So in, in going through it, like what, you know, what comes to mind? Like give us sort of that that rundown, like the images, obviously they are striking. They are mm-hmm. great. I'm just like, like I said, you know, it's it's dope. So in terms of the, the work that goes into it, but I'm going to let you talk on it. So tell us. So this is, so Black Astronaut is my second photography book. My first one was The Quest Supreme. That was when I was traveling and that was Mm self-published. And that was a raw 
very raw experience because that was I was learning to become a photographer as I was creating that book. Like literally, you can kind of, and that's kind of the way I wrote it too. Like it's it's such a that book is my heart. That's my reasonable doubt. If you know Jay Z, that's my reasonable doubt. And um, so when I knew I wanted to do something else, I didn't know what it would be though. After because the first one was a success, and I was like, what's going to be the next topic? And one thing that always like. Bother, well, not bother me, but I always like when I learned, started learning more about the OGs of, in photography, like the ones that did it before us and made the, the, the amazing imagery that is just stapled in our minds. We might not know who the photographer is, but these photos are part of American history, uh, civil rights movement, women's movement. All, like I was like, damn, like, I, am, am I going to get my opportunity to take pictures like that? Like, I'm happy that we made it through. Don't get me twisted. But that level of what was going on outside, that doesn't happen in America anymore. Not like that. Not that level. You know what I mean? So people go to protests and just sit there with a sign like this, and that's the protest. Back then, it was dogs. It, this is real. We in the street with it. So I always was kind of like, especially Million Man March. Oh, that's my dream. If I could have photographed a Million Man March, man. So that's been my, my dream that I always like, always hoping I would get that opportunity. So when... It started with Ahmaud Arbery, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then it was um, George Floyd. And when Ahmaud Arbery got murdered, I remember thinking to myself, I didn't know if people were going to be protesting. And I was in Oakland, California at the time. I didn't know if they were going to come. Be the, I thought they might just be protesting where it happened. Yeah. I didn't know that people would come outside. And I didn't go outside. And I was afraid of COVID and all other stuff. So I just was like, ah. But then I saw all the news. And I'm like, oh, they were outside. But I thought that was it. So when George Floyd happened, and obviously all of us were hurt, that was a, that was just ridiculous. And at that point, I said, I was afraid of COVID and we didn't have enough, a lot of information about the safety parameters. And if I, you know, and I was a bigger guy and I was just like, but I feel like this is worth risking my life for. Like I always already said to myself, I want to have an opportunity to record some parts of American history that I think needs to be recorded. And then it being a black man and that seeing that on television just woke something out of me that was like, there's no way I'm not, I'm staying in, there's no way I'm staying in the house. There's no way. And I went out there and I didn't know it was gonna become a book, but I did know that I wanted my voice to be heard because I felt like there were a lot of photographers taking photos that felt sensational, like way, they, they didn't understand the, the real cry. They just wanted the burning car and the rage and the fire, but no one was getting the heart of what was going on. And once I went outside, I quickly realized that what you see on CNN isn't what's really happening outside, yeah. but you have to have the right people in place to show what's really happening. And that's when I realized that's my calling. That's my purpose. That's my reason for being there. And so that, you know, after three years of going and it, and it kind of like snowballed into other things, like again, the women's rights Thing that was going down the the anti-vax movement the the trump the political thing like there were so many things going on that seemed to be like ignited from george floyd and black lives matter and COVID. and i just was going everywhere once i just once that reason hit me that i had to put like i felt like i just i owed it to that man yeah. like i just and everybody before him like i just owed it i felt like this need to like do something instead of just sitting in the house like talking about it and complaining i'm like i'm a photographer like this this is a gift like use it so that's kind of where that went and yeah it blossomed into a book and i'm just so thankful because that experience i've never put so much heart and soul into anything in my life like that took like i literally didn't know if i was going to make it you know i was in a lot of very dangerous situations all hours of the night by myself you know, going to different cities and country, not countries, different cities and states. And I was everywhere. And, you know, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and I, I think it's interesting where, and, and thank you for giving us, we're going to have a few more questions in, in that vein to go a little bit deeper. But mm -hmm. yeah, you know, this podcast started in 2019. Mm. And, you know, as a response to Trump talking real spicy about Baltimore. And yeah, you know, yeah. my thing is like, don't, don't be, don't be talking reckless, you know, watch mm -hmm. your mouth, you know, and uh, the thing that got me, you, know, you, you've lived here, Baltimore is a black city. It is mm -hmm. about 70% black or so. So when mm -hmm. someone is taking those weird shots, I'm like, you ain't talking about the streets. 
You're not talking about mm. the buildings. You're not talking about the light posts, the trees, none of that. You're talking about people. And right. that's the thing that that's in it. And I, I thought like, all right, I'm not a political guy. I'm not a, I have my beliefs and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. what I think there's more value in is trying to disprove things like that and documenting it. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, through that, that lens of arts and culture, I think that that's a nice mm-hmm. cross section, you know, mm-hmm. of people doing real things, who's really doing the stuff since this place is, you know, bombed out and, you know, all of the stuff that is depicted as actually, I disagree with that. Let me, let me show you, mm-hmm. let me show you through these conversations. That's, mm-hmm. that's really what it's been. And that's what I kind of look for. And that's what I strive for. And I'll say, you know, I was doing a, another podcast around the, mm. the time with, uh, you know, I did another podcast for about 10 years and, you know, with sort of the, you know, BLM growing and even going further back, you know, here, mm. yeah, Freddie Gray. We we had that, you know, yeah. Had that that sort of response and you know the things that were attached to it and the document uh, documentation around how corrupt a police force was and gun violence, yeah. these different things. And my point is, when you become aware of it, you know, mm. you you can't unsee it, and do you feel right. like to do something? When I talk about right. the Trump thing, talking about Baltimore, I'm like, I was compelled. It wasn't like, oh, screw him. It was just like, nah, I need to disprove this and continue to disprove it, which is what I felt when you were describing sort of your journey around like something came out of you, a feeling came out. Yeah. Of and, you know, when it comes to that video, um, the George Floyd video, I, 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 I avoided it uh, for a bit because mm-hmm. I was just like, it's going to make me so mad. And mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I, I'm I'm more of a, I get mad I don't get sad you know and mm. I just remember this is the only time this has actually probably happened to me I had to take a mental health day from the day job that's mm. another thing that I do I was like this isn't right this doesn't work yeah and, you know yeah. as a large black man in this world I am six four you know I'm mm. a large black man and you know I see it now even in these rooms where you pe- you see people double clutch. You know, mm, just yeah. doing your presence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, now we need to own this. And the, the last thing I'll say on it is, you know, this this podcast really took off in 2020. People were at home. Mm. People felt like their voices weren't being heard and they weren't mm. getting sort of so, uh, you know, people were saying yes without without too much work. So, mm. you know, I, I think so that 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 growth and all was happening around that time. So going back into to Black Astronaut, so, mm. you know, we, we have we have those. Let's talk about the themes a little bit. Like, I, I see that the, the book is broken down into six segments. Right. And mm-hmm. it's it's covering, you know, you're covering like different cities. I think it's 13 cities, mm-hmm. uh, nine states over the course of, you know, 120 weeks. One. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for being around. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> talk, talk about the breakdown of the book and ultimately you know, what, what you wanted to achieve in the sort of breakdown and over that duration of compiling the images for this book. Right. And I think it goes really hand in hand, what you just said, because I wrote down, as you were saying, we're fighting the same fight and that's a beautiful thing, you know? And it's like having, I I just believe like, that's what, what love with, with like just spirit can do. You know, like it, it moves people to do powerful things. And, you know, hearing you share your story as that relates to what you're doing now, that just is that further gives a proof that, yo, this is real. Like you can create something that really is a represent, representation of who you truly are. And that conviction and testimony is just like the lifeblood that fuels it. And that's a beautiful, powerful thing. And going into like what you're saying into the being six four. So I'm six four also. So I know there's a lot of times where I go places and you, I, you know, you know, you get the look and it's certain things that come with it. And it's like, I just have to get to a point of knowing, like owning it. Like, this is what I am. The unapologetic like this. I deserve to be here. I'm good at what I do. I'm going to do it better than you. Like, it's just whatever you got to do to get your mind set, you know, going. So that goes into the concept of black astronaut. Yeah. The the deeper meaning of the context is, of course, it's a book about what was going on outside of my experience. But I chose to call it Black Astronaut because I felt like I was fighting. I was going into a world that did make no sense to me. It felt like if you think about an astronaut as, as itself, right? Like a, or it, yeah, itself. You're going to space. 
The mm-hmm. suit protects you from everything around you. Everything around you is not a part of what your your body can handle. It will literally kill you if you did not have that suit. But having that suit gives you access. It gives you an ob- opportunity to see things, a different world, to report back and to bring back. So that's kind of how I felt when, when everything happened and I had a decision to leave my apartment in Oakland or stay in the house and be mad about it. I felt like I was going into the unknown. Like I felt like I was physically in a new world. And in my mind, I had to create that suit idea because that's what it felt like I needed. I was in so many uncomfortable situations and I realized this is deeper than just me and making a book that I love, that I hope people buy and experience. But this is also about everyday people walking in their own life, having to be astronauts to their own in their own degree, being in places where people don't understand you, places you don't understand, places where they're trying to put pressure on you to be a certain way and you don't fit in. You're an astronaut. You know what I mean? And I just want to use that concept because I think it's so much bigger than me. And it's like like how we're fighting the same fight. I think there's so many people also feeling this sense of, yo, I got something in me. Like, I want to create something. Something's bothering me or something I know should be done differently. Mm-hmm. And I know, and it doesn't go away. I can't sleep at night. I see it everywhere. I look on TV. I see it. That's a calling. And I want Black Astronaut to be an example of my me choosing my calling to to kind of like inspire others to do the same with whatever their calling is and creating the space to do that. And just like being ruthless with your, with what you love, like really understand that anything is possible. And I sit here and I'm happy that we are creating this space together and talking about the book, but also know like, like, man, this is, this would never happen if you didn't have the, the moment you had years in 2019, yeah. if I didn't, if I didn't do what I did back in, if I didn't leave Morgan, you know what I'm saying? So it's so yeah. much that goes into the game of these moments. And I just want people to really understand that. Like, and I, I want people to feel that. So that's the inner workings of the purpose of the book. Now, what I'm also showing in the book is obviously, is, is not obviously, but is my experience through different elements of everything I saw outside. It's almost like there, it was such a, dense experience because there was so much going on and because i was traveling and going to different parts of america i saw different versions of the the story like when i'm in oakland that's a certain kind of vibe i love i love the beta death right but if i go to new york that's a different kind of vibe you know and some of that has to do with my social circles in these places too but i was like yo this is crazy so as i i took all these photos like thousands and thousands of photos and I'm looking at all of it on this big screen, like, how am I going to, how is this going to make sense? You know, like, how does it go? And I realized, like, do you cut it and just do a book about, you know, the outrage outside, which is more so cliche? Or do you just be honest about who you are yeah. and just show people what you saw? It's not about it being this, like, report on what happened. It's about what you saw and experienced. So it's more of a personal uh, showcasing of my world. So yeah, there's six sections, and I don't know if you want me to like run through them real quick, or you kind of want to. Well, if you if you want to tease it, you know, because I can do a teaser. I can do a yeah. teaser. So there, there's there's one. There's a couple chat. All the chapters are very special. Um, and just so people can hear them, there is, um, there's the mothership is the first chapter. Then it goes into the Big Bang. It goes into gravity, deep space, antimatter, and then zenith. Okay, yeah. all of them. I've well thought out these concepts of space travel as it is defined and truly really does a great job expressing what is actually going on inside. Gravity is probably my favorite chapter and it really gets into the, the, after the rage and the yelling, which is the big bang. That's like when George Floyd passed away, that's outside. We outside, we outside, right? Then I go into gravity, which it kind of goes on the other side of the pain. Because after you let the rage die down, you have to deal with the reality of what you saw. You got to come back to Earth. And the imagery in that in that chapter is very, all of it's great. I can't like make one better than the other, but it's an experience. So to sum it up, there's just a lot of different experiences that I experienced that I'm sharing in each chapter. And they all have a very, they're all important parts of my experience that I believe other people have experienced too. I think it's very relatable. Um, and I think it also gives people a great opportunity to reflect on that time because a lot of us we just was 
we still trying to figure it out, you know, like, you know, and it's like, I also think just sometimes you got to go backwards to go forward, you know, and I think being able to see all those elements of what was happening that you may have not been outside to experience, I think it can create an opportunity to reflect on where you were at during those times, what you were feeling, what you were exploring, what you didn't explore, what you may have thought was going on, but wasn't, you know, and maybe that can be something that you use to continue to guide yourself into whatever your astronaut journey, I hope will be, because that's my goal. I want everybody to, to just make something happen that they really believe in, honestly. That's, that's yeah. beautiful. And I, I think that, well, I'm be looking for my autograph on there too. Oh, we, yeah. We well, you in Baltimore, so that's easy. Like, yeah. That's easy. That's easy. <laughs> We're going to meet up. Yeah. We're going to meet up for sure. I'm in New York. That's, uh, yeah. We got that's it. Easy. We got it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the thing about it, yeah, like that that piece of being able to document it. And I, and I think, you know, sometimes when creative, when, when media is done by someone that looks like me and you, definitely our experiences are baked into what's there. This is through, we, we can use the lens for sake of argument or filter mm-hmm. um, that is a black filter, a black lens, a black male lens or whatever it might be. And I think you can tell like in it, it's like, look, I'm not going to show mm-hmm. to your point about the sensationalized stuff or mm-hmm. what I try to avoid is these things that feel kind of like hacky of, well, yeah. it's black history month. So I'm going to talk to these five artists. It's like, do yeah. Do they hit for me? You know, do they matter? And it's it's a matter of, and it's going to sound pretentious, but it is true. It's a matter of taste. It's a matter of, you know, you want to be timely. You want to do things that matter, but also there's curation that goes into it. And you know, I, I would imagine you saying you're 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 taking you know thousands of photos. You you know you're going through like, all right, what hits in this way? What is the criteria there? And, you know, especially for black astronaut, as you, you were touching on, like, you know, all of them are your babies, all six, all six sexes. Are your oh, babies. yeah, it's, it's deep. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. You know, but you want to make sure maybe this fits in this way for this particular yeah. mission. And so that's where that comes in at. And, you know, being able to go through and there sometimes when I'm doing these, I'm coming up on 700 episodes of this podcast mm. in four years and go so off. a lot that's of recording. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, there is not too many that I get rid of, but also I'm not looking for this super sanitized. I'm looking for that DIY, that sort of punk rock approach. I want something mm. that, feels, that feels real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I have two more real questions that I want to I want to like kind of close out on and then get into these mm. rapid fire. You're not getting away from the rapid fire questions. I'm down, man. I'm down. I'm having a great time. Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> likewise. Um. And and this one is around sort of the the representational angle, which, which I was touching on there when mm. it comes to like how black folks are represented in media. You know, we see some striking mm. photos in history, right, that mm. really captures us. And, you you know, you, you'll see like black faces in there. You're like, wow, that's the picture they chose. How mm. many did you take there? You know, that's the one right. the one that looks the most extreme, the most drastic, mm. the most evocative. And maybe that's what they're going for there. But in other instances, there are ways that black folk are depicted that mm. are doing that, that feel sensationalized, that feel reductive. Tell me about sort of the, that 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 approach or those like sort of limited portrayals of how black people have been seen in some of the the photos that 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 you've seen and you've been around and how maybe your work aims to do something that feels more humanizing, that feels less sensational, less like whack. So so I have a, so I have a pretty interesting take on, cause I agree with everything you're saying hundred percent. Right. But there's, there's another part of this conversation that I've been experiencing the last couple of years. And it goes into a bit of my idea about this whole black astronaut thing. And it's being that unapologetic being that you truly are. Mm. And I think what sometimes happens is, yes, there's forces outside of us that depict us a certain way, but there's also people that choose to play the part. Mm. Now, my question or my, 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 my hope is, or what I'm trying to say anyway, is that I also feel, I feel like there's a responsibility on us to continue to not just you know, create beautiful things, but also choose to create things that are really a part of you. Mm-hmm. Because like, there's this thing, like I remember, and you, we were around the same age or so like, I think you can understand this, but 
I remember individuality. I felt like in my twenties, that was like a big deal. Like I felt like that was something that was talked about. I felt like in conversation, you heard more about individuality. I think the world has shifted to be more about being part of groups. Now it's about fitting into groups and that's cool too. But my thing is like, how did, what if you're not fitting into the group? What if there's no group that fits you? What if that's just not the way the human experience was meant to be always being defined by your group? Like we are individuals at the same time. Two things can be right at the same time also and can coexist. And I'm finding in a lot of art that especially when it's, when I'm like following like photographers or other artists that are black, I'm starting to see very similar imagery. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are we, like, ain't nobody put a gun in your head and say, hey, you need to make this. Like, it's like, <laughs> why are we choosing to continue to say the same stories? Like, is this because this is what you feel safe doing? Is this because this is what, you know, and, that, and I'm not saying those stories don't matter at all. I'm, I'm just saying if there's so many of us, how come we're not getting more individuality? How come we're not finding new things that really go like, wow, that's a different take. Wow, that's a, a new thing. Um, this is quote, Prince is my guy, so I have to always shout out Prince. All right, but Prince has this quote. He said, art is about building a new foundation, not just putting something on top of what already was there. And I feel like that's, when you ask me that question, Cause I agree hundred percent. There's, there's that bull crap that's going on and I hate it and it's whack and it's boring as fuck, but it's also like the world has changed so much where the individual now or the person that is ready to do the work and learn what they need to learn and get the equipment. And you can do whatever you want. I'm self-taught. I didn't go to school for this. You right. know what I'm saying? So like, and look, and I've experienced, I've had great successes in the field of media with no training, you know? So it's like, why do we have to try to, and I have this quote that's in, in the book. You, you may have seen the image where it's the, the girl with a hair back and it goes, don't be a slave to the algorithm. And like, why do we choose to follow what someone else thinks is supposed to be cool? Like, why do we, I, I just don't understand, especially in the space of artistry and creativity. And I just think that more of us need to just be more bold about who we truly are. We don't have to try to be different. Just be honest about who you are. Do like the search and of within and like pick things that make sense to you. Like it, and it doesn't need to be like, oh, no one's going to like it. Oh, the algorithm is going to like it. If they don't like it, sometimes that lets me know I'm on to something because that's I, that, yeah, if you want to go ahead, if you want. No, that's, that's, that's the thing where, you know, in, in doing this, like I said, you know, I've been in the podcast space for 15 years nearly. Mm. Some of the things I would hear early on, oh, you must live in your mind. Amazing. You calling it. <laughs> you know, and now it's just like people are making millions and millions of dollars doing this. Listen. And I've right. been doing it way mm -hmm. before a lot of these folks. And you can read in it. You can read sort of these algorithms. You can read because, you know, my job in real life is I'm a data analyst. So I sit there and I look through it and I'm like, nah, you know, I don't believe you. You need more people. These lines ain't quite <laughs> lining up. And right, right, right. And then you you right. see folks because, you know, I get, you know, asked like, you know, how would you do this? What is this? Uh, how do you go about building out a podcast? Things of that nature. And I, and mm -hmm. I teach podcasting as well, like sort of how to launch one, how to, you know, do something, the theory around it and some of the technical. And, you know, I'm just like, yo, don't, don't get into it for that reason. Don't get into it for the, yeah. and the downloads and, you know, these different things. I approach what I do journalistically and mm. as an artist, I don't do it as well. I and, mean, you know, I'm an influencer. I need to make sure I get this many likes. <laughs> I do this like that, like that, like this. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you you realize that you're you're, you're really hammering on that that point because you're you're right. I see different artists that I know that mm. they kind of didn't get the response, whether it be social media, that mm. they were hoping for a particular piece or a particular arc of work. And then it's like, I'm going to abandon that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do what somebody else is doing because that's what's selling. And I understand this idea that artists aren't paid enough. Like they're paid, you, you, right. so you you know this. They're paid mm -hmm. better and treated with a little bit more reverence in Europe than they are here. Yeah, in the definitely. US. So there is that inclination to do that. And, and but you know, let's just be real about it. If black folk are making the wave, mm -hmm. then why are we following the algorithm that's saying, "Oh, well, the wave is this." That's we're what making I'm that train. <laughs> listen, listen, man. It's 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 programming. And and I and again, that's why when I 
I speak, I try to get people to just reflect, like, just think about you. And it's crazy how something so simple can become so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think sometimes we overthink things and think it needs to be this, this big, glorious, big idea. And it's like, it can be something that you're doing and you're not even paying attention to. Right. Like, it can be something like, I just like, when I was growing up around my friends, I would always take pictures. I would always be the one that would have the photo album and I'm not thinking nothing about it. Yeah. Fast forward, I have a book that's about to be released worldwide. And it's like, if I, and, and that's just my example. And I think we all have something that we have within us. Yeah. That's very natural. It's very simple, but it can, if you just trust it and not give it, give it away because you think people aren't going to judge you for it or it's not good enough, or some computer doesn't think that you're good enough to be shared to all your followers. Like there's a, and I'll share this, I'll share this. This is one of the best advice I ever got. And it changed my career. This photographer, oh, I can't remember his name. He's amazing though. He was like, the photography industry goes like this. There's Instagram influencer photography, and then there's industry and they don't mix. He said, if you want to make, if you want to be a thousand likes and maybe get some sponsorships and all that, cool. But just know the gallery community, the, the, the public getting a publishing deal, you might self-publish, but getting a deal, all that stuff that ain't, that's not coming. So you need to know which one you're going to choose. And once I, I stopped caring about Instagram and started trying to meet people in real life, like going to galleries, um, going to publications and just like reaching out, like going places in person, talking to people. My career completely changed and I've left. I still use it, but it's like I don't use it from a career. Like I'm trying to figure something out. Like I understand that that's just not my angle. So I yeah. think there's a lot of people also that feel like if you can't make it on Instagram or social media, then there's no need, there's no space for you to grow where it is. There's this whole world outside. <laughs> like there's this, there's businesses, corporations, there's cities, there's movements, there's organizations, like, and there are real people there and no one's paying them any mind because everyone is looking at this all day. Right. And if you can just like find a way to believe in something that you want to like, I, I don't know, like, I, I just think that's another like tool that I think some people like back to our conversation about art and like, being different and unique like yo there's some amazing ideas that that phone will never be able to encapsulate or or express and yeah. don't beat yourself down because that said no because the world just might say yes you just got to figure out your plan like that's just the game and you know black astronaut you know <laughs> <laughs> no that's 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 great and that's a uh a good spot for us to wrap on the real question that uh, you had the quotable there so i thought i was like no nah, no we gotta we, we're gonna stop right there i don't want to i don't want to like screw it i was like man it would have been great but rob kept talking um, so, so let me hit you with these rapid fire questions and you've you've listened to an episode or so so you know how rapid fire works you don't want to overthink mm-hmm. so usually it's a one word answer or something very short um mm-hmm. So, you know, here's the the first one. You you touched on movies earlier, having a love of movies. What is your favorite movie of the last five years? I know that's a tough question. What's your favorite movie? So I made it in a uh, five years. Oh man, it would have been easier if you said all time. Um, all time then, since since you're a movie. Guy. Okay, American Beauty. Okay, American uh, Beauty, Kevin Spacey. Redacted. That's, <laughs> yeah, I get that part, but yeah. but the film, great movie. There's so many other people that are a part of it. That, <laughs> but um, uh, American Beauty is that that's that's far as Gump is up there too. But American Beauty, yeah. If Black Astronaut had a soundtrack or audio accompaniment, which oh, you know, thing that that folks do with like the Spotify, like here, check out my play. Uh-huh. Oh, I got it. What are three songs that you would have on it? Oh, three songs. I thought it's oh. definitely gonna be Kendrick Lamar. Okay, so you gotta okay, I got it. Prince, Sign of the Times, Kendrick Lamar, I feel. Uh-huh. And um Kid Cuddy, Day and Night. Oh yeah, that was I like that one. That was a good one. I like that one. You you an Aquarius, bro. An Aquarius. No, 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 no. But I, you know, cause Kid Cuddy's an Aquarius, but um he is. Yeah, I'm a Pisces. I'm a Pisces. I like Aquarius okay. a lot, though. I'm an Aquarius. We're, 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 it's close. It's close. But. Okay. Yeah. 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 We close. We're, we're right. <laughs> little, little Jan twenty situation. I'm at the very yeah. beginning. Um, yeah. So, uh, so in in your travels, um, you know, you're mm-hmm. well traveled. The passport is is heavy. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. 
mention uh, and, and maybe this is during your travel for for Black Astro. I'm very I'm very interested in sort of the eating habits of folks. What is a memorable meal of food experience you had while, you know, in deep in it? You know, like we try to look for those moments with all of the stuff that was going on at that time. And that, you know, frankly, still goes on. But we look for those like really uh, what, what is it? Those 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 comfort and food sort of moments of those really good meals. Do you have when it comes to mind? There's a lot. Um, oh, man. There's one meal. The best meal I ever had was in Japan. And this was this wasn't during Black Astronaut, but this was like kind of like a li- like a year before the pandemic hit. Yeah. And I remember Japan's my favorite country, and I just was out there, and it was just beautiful. And I remember like I was by myself, and I was like kind of didn't know if I wanted to, I wanted to get some Kobe beef, right? That's the thing, Kobe beef. And like I wanted to not get the, the the cheap one; I wanted the real expensive one. So like I went to like a real nice restaurant, and it was the most expensive meal I've ever had by myself. But it was the best meal I ever had by myself. And it was, and for some reason, it felt like I was giving a gift to myself. Like it was like I really took myself out, like, and I was just enjoying it. The the wine, and like I went all the way. I said, you know what? Tonight, don't even care about it. Like, enjoy this meal. And that's been the best meal I ever had. And, and in Japan is the the best, like I the next project I'm doing, Japan's gonna be a part of it. Like it's it's just a it's I'm beautiful. Jealous. I'm jealous right now. Um, you know. I, I share a birthday with Questlove, right? And he has Oh, that's my guy. Well, not my, not personally, but I really like him a lot. Yeah. He yeah. has that story of remember the Euro Dreams of Sushi place. He went there for his birthday mm-hmm. one year. So he flew to Japan to have and I was like, this is why this is my guy. I need to do <laughs> and um this is a, a, a another quick note. Uh, I've been like over like the last like 16 weeks I've been in this class, well, 16 days rather in this class to try to learn Japanese because I'm like, oh, really? I'm pulling up. <laughs> oh, you need to go, man. Oh, <laughs> Japan is, whoa, okay. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> is the reason why people go there and they keep coming back. Like, I, I'm telling you, Japan, Japan, bro. I've been there five times. It's, it's like, I'm so happy. I love Japan so much. That's why I'm forcing myself to do a project including Japan. Cause I'm like, I need a reason to go more and you know, work it. would be a, a great way. Yeah, yeah. So this is the last rapid fire one. And, um, you know, in, in sort of summation in this, this, this conversation, um, mm. you know, the horizon head, right? So how are you feeling, you know, approaching the release of black astronaut, especially mm. with sort of the emotional depth of the imagery, the, the sort of story and the time frame, and also, the dynamic of being an artist, being a creator mm-hmm. and having your work be shared in that sort of yeah. broad way. Tell me about the feelings. Yeah, because to be honest, this is the first like major like I've had major things happen, like be like, you know, big stuff or whatever. But this is way more personal in yeah. a way, because this is like my story, you know, like the first chapter of the book is a forgiveness chapter. It's deep. It's It, it gets I go really into who I am and I share it all. And um, so it's almost like uh, I'm starting to really feel it more like I'm excited. I definitely am excited. And it's like I've been it's been so close to me for this past three years that like I'm just ready. It needs to be out in the world. Like I want to let it go. Like it's like I want to just let the I want to do my part to make sure as many people get it as possible, Um, which I'm actually enjoying that process, too. Like I, I actually like the the concept of getting the word out, like connecting with people, telling people because Again, I think it's beyond it being my story. I just think it's something that people, it actually is a good tool to have. I think it's a good history, moment in history in itself to have. And I think it's told in a way that objectively, as as objective I can be, I think it's just a really important thing for people to remember those moments. Um, So, yeah, ultimately, I'm extremely um, excited and I'm looking forward to seeing how people react to it because it's, it's, I took a different approach. I purposely decided to go a different way with this book. I didn't want it to be just another civil rights book. I, I wanted it to be something that was like, wait a minute, I need to look at that again. Wait, this ain't what I, I whoa, you know, that was my point. Like that, but I'm because I'm being myself though. I'm not like forcing that, but I really, I really, like when I came up with the concept Black Astronaut and I sent it out to all those publishers, I was expecting to get, you know, nothing back. I didn't know what would happen. And to my surprise, I got a lot of great feedback. Even my nose were like good nose. Like they were like, yo, the concept, the proposal, this is really exciting. We just don't have the space in our, we can't do it, but we could, we would, we could, you know? And I got a good amount of yeses. 
And the thing that I was most proud of was the fact that I chose to make a concept that was different and I believed in instead of trying to fit into the algorithm again. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to to see, you know, people's reaction to something that I feel is a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's wonderful. And and thank you. Um that that was great. And um we'll close out. Um I want to one, thank you again for for coming on and, and being, you know, a lovely guest and you know, chatting it up. This has been really cool, great way to wrap up the week um for 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 me here. And two, uh, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners, you know, again, the website, social media, but probably the website, and um where folks can um secure black astronauts. So the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for having me. This was an amazing conversation. I'm really thankful to be here. This is beautiful, man. And I hope people really vibe out what we vibed out. This is great. It was just great moments. And um, you can find me at IamKamalX.com. That's my website. All things are there. Um, you want to check me out on Instagram is IamKamalX is my Instagram handle. And if you want to just go, if you just don't want to go to my website to find my book and you just want to go to Amazon directly, you can pre-order. I'm not sure when this will come out, but you can order the book on on Amazon simply by typing in Black Astronaut Kamal X. You can just say Black Astronaut if you want. It pops up as a book with a big yellow X and it's me with a suit. You you can't miss it, you know? And, um, you know, any support goes a long way in a ser- on a serious note. I really appreciate you guys. And we're in this together for real. So it takes a village and I'm just doing my part, you know. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Kamal X for coming on to the podcast. Black astronaut, black astronaut, black astronaut. Go get it. Um, and I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture and community in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. 